Yo, what's going on, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. New Wave Podcast, man. Um, we strong on this thing again. Leading up to 2021, dog. We in 2021. The new year's is here. About to be, it's about to be here. It's about to go down. Um, shout out to everybody that's um gonna be in the house. Shout out to everybody that's gonna be out the house. If you're gonna be out the house, be safe, be careful out there, man. Cause it's about to get crazy. You know what? Um, it's gonna rain up in the East Coast. It's gonna rain, so I know nobody's gonna be really doing anything outside tomorrow. It's gonna be cold rain. There ain't gonna be no no rain where you could be like you can move in. It's gonna be it's winter time. It's gonna be freezing outside. So you can go out there and play in that weather if you want, but you might wake up one day with a fucking cough like a motherfucker. Like it ain't gonna be feeling right. It ain't gonna feel right. The next couple of days So um, shout out to everybody Tomorrow's a big day Tomorrow's a big day Those checks been coming in I heard a lot of people Been getting them checks today Them $600 checks You know what I'm saying Them $600 stimulus checks Do what you gotta do with that money You know what I'm saying We already know the situation We know it ain't enough We know it ain't, it ain't gonna do nothing But make it work Make it work. Invest that money in a sewing kit, a machine, an embroidery machine. Go on Amazon and go crazy on Amazon with that little $600. You could take $600. could take you a long way, dog. Find yourself a brand your shit. Get an LLC. Do something. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. You know what I mean? Make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. I'm going to leave these alone right here. But make it happen. Whatever works for you. Figure it out. It's a lot of stuff out there that you can do with that $600, man. You could spend it on bills or you could turn it into something. Bills can wait sometimes, right? Push those back. Give me 30 more days. Give me two more weeks. You don't got to pay your bills immediately, right? You got to pay yourself first. Figure this joint out, man. 2020 should have brought out the inner hustler in you, the inner lion in you should have came out 2020. If you didn't find that inside of you, then you just like, it's, it's just over for you. It's really not over, over like the fat lady sings. It's never over to the fat lady sings, but if you didn't find your drive, in 2020 Then I really don't know what to tell certain people You know, maybe it's just not for you To be doing certain things Maybe you just, you just here you're Just a body on earth But 2020 should have showed you a lot about yourself It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a big lesson, it was a book it was a big, it was a long chapter in a book. You know, this was like a real long Harry Potter chapter. You know what I'm saying? It's one of them things where, it's one of them things, it's one of them things where, where you just keep turning the pages, keep turning the pages, keep turning the pages, keep turning the pages. Turning the pages. 2020 felt like it was never going to end. And yeah. Yeah, I said it's over for a lot of people. If they didn't get it together in 2020, 
like something you had to tap into your inner spiritual self. Your, your um health wise, you had to figure something out. Twenty twenty had to wake you up, snapped you out of it. It should have snapped you right out of it. It should have woke you up, because if it didn't wake you up, then I don't know what will. I mean, they had us wearing masks. They had us in the house, tucked away. They had us, they got us scared. Like, people don't even know if they're going to be, like, living and stuff like that. They talking about putting a needle in your arm, making you take a fucking vaccine that you don't want to do. It's really like they putting the fear into people. They instill in straight fear. So I'm just like, damn, like, if this didn't wake you up, then what will? I don't know what will. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot of stuff that it's a lot. It's more than this. What I'm saying is just not is not, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's a lot. It's a lot of other stuff that I could be that I could touch on. You know, but 2020 is the year is, is a year. 2020 is like a. It brought out, it brought, it should have brought out something in you. It should have. It should have. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people got fired from their jobs. A lot of people fuck around and just quit. They said, fuck this shit. I ain't going to take this no more. I'm not working for nobody no more. I'm not working for nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? So they quit. They, they said, fuck this shit. I'm out. I'm not taking these, these jobs got us here during the pandemic. I don't think we need to be here. Motherfuckers just quit. And they went on to bigger and better things. You know what I mean? They figured something out. They said, they sold themselves something. They said, listen, self, we're not going to put up with this shit no more. We're going to make moves. Shout out to everybody that did that. Shout out to everybody that put on that cape and just flew and just said, yo, look, I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm just going to make moves. It's a big year. 2021 is a big year. It's kind of like a defining year. It shows you. It's going to show you. It's going to show you about yourself. If you was really capable of doing everything that you set yourself out to do in 2020. Because, you know, it just is what it is. I'd like to shout out my man. Mikey T, the movie star, Connecticut. You know what I mean? Showing a lot of love. Shout out to Mikey T. Heavy on the ARAB case. You know what I mean? Heavy on that. Even doing a lot of stuff on that. A lot of segments, a lot of interviews, a lot of phone calls, a lot of letters. Even putting in the he been putting in a lot of work. He's been doing that for a long time though. If you don't know who Mikey T is, report car radio, check him out. YouTube. Today I wanted to talk about um me and my man was having a conversation today about Ray Benzino. We was talking through text messages. You know, a lot of people don't know who Ray Benzino is. They probably know him from Love and Hip Hop. They don't know that he was a part of the situation at the Source magazine. Um, they don't know he was a part of a group from Boston called Made Men. His daughter raps. But my beef with Ray Benzino, and this is about Eminem and Benzino. You know, I'm not a I'm not an Eminem fan at all. 
not not heavy on the Eminem shit. You can't drive around in your car bumping Eminem. Like what nerds can't even do that. White boys can't even do that. They can't even bump they can't they can't they can't they can't drive the car. They can't drive in their car bumping Slim Shady. You know what I'm saying? Eminem to me is not one of the... He's not that dude. He's really not. He's not that dude. He's like a gimmicky rapper. He made it in... Um, he made it, he he's he made it through hip hop. He found loopholes. He linked up with Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre had, gave him the recipe. Boom, we got Eminem, right? But now I say that to say this. When I hear guys like Ray Benzino come at Eminem, I'm like, my dude, you are trash. You not nice. Ray Benzino has no lane to come at no rapper about lyrics. Um, let's be clear. Ray Benzino, he put in a lot of work on, on his on, in his little neighborhood, you know what I mean, in Boston. Not too many people go to Boston to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Them dudes from Boston might be like, yo, we was holding it down. We was doing this. We had shit on lock. Yeah, okay, that's cool. But can anybody recite a Ray Benzino song for me? Can anybody give me three, three bars of Ray Benzino? You know what I'm saying? See, Ray Benzino was on Queen's Flip the other day, and I didn't even look at, look at watch the whole interview. I watched five minutes of it. And I was like, I'm not looking at this bullshit. You know what I mean? Because... He gets, he's old. He's an old man. He's a man. He's probably almost like a, he's on grandpapa level. And to hear these guys get up here on the radio, on, on these little interviews, these podcasts, and talk all this crazy shit, it's like, dog, like, for real, man, chill. You know, we, we know Eminem was not from the so-called hood. He bashing Eminem. How long are you gonna keep up with this shit? How long are you gonna keep this young white boy's name, this white boy's name in your mouth? You done did loving hip hop, and loving hip hop to me, honestly, is like that's where rappers go when they like had enough with hip hop. They like, yo, I don't want to do this rap shit no more. I'm gonna go love him. Even though Jim Jones came out with a couple of a couple of um albums, um who else? Well, Fab probably dropped a few mixtapes, but those are only two that can really do it. Ray Benzino is just like dog, like chill, chill, man, like chill, like dudes don't even want to know who you are. You know, so when I'm hearing when I'm hearing about the ball. I'm hearing about the boy Ray Benzino talk all this crazy shit, just rapping and running his mouth about a guy like Eminem. Like, dog, Eminem is not a threat as far as hip-hop goes. You know, it's like pick on somebody your own size, my dude. Let's, let's, let's move on.
You know, Eminem, you got roasted by Eminem. And you still mad. And Eminem, like I said, he's a whack to me. I don't like Eminem. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Definitely not a fan of Eminem, Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers. Um, but like, dog, you gotta get over that shit, dog. You gotta get over that shit. Which brings me to um getting off that. I was on on Bleacher Report. I'm scrolling Bleacher Report. I'm looking through um I'm looking for like some stories about the Giants. They play they got a big game Sunday, they play against the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm scrolling um Bleacher Report and I see Terrell Owens. So I see something about Terrell Owens on Bleacher Report and how Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb are still beefing about some shit that happened in 2004, the Super Bowl, when McNabb so-called threw up in the huddle. So Terrell Owens was just spewing dirt on McNabb like, dog, we we understand what happened. Y'all lost. New England Patriots didn't cheat y'all. The refs didn't call no crazy calls. Y'all just lost. New England played good defense. How about that? How about McNabb just couldn't take the defense of New England? How about Tom Brady was just too good? How about that defense was just better? They shut y'all down. When it was time to be... when it You see, football... You know, you got four quarters of football, right? But it's not over till the, until the last whistle blows. New England never let up on the Eagles in that Super Bowl. They played all four quarters. Every minute they played. They never sat... They never... Um, they never got the ball and got relaxed. You know, when that last that last segment, that last sequence, you can watch this game on NFL on on NFL Network. The New England Patriots just beat them dudes, and McNabb ran out of gas. They say he was throwing up in the huddle. I don't know if he was throwing up in the huddle. He was tired in the huddle. He was hunched over on his hands on his on his on his was hands on his knees. He was he was bent over. He was tired. He was worn out in the huddle. Yes, he was. That's not an excuse, though. The fact of the matter is, these dudes got beat in this 2020, and these two guys, a wide receiver and a quarterback, are still talking about this shit to this day. That shit hurt them boys. That shit hurt. That shit stuck with them for a long time. That Super Bowl loss hurt them. And it really hurt McNabb because McNabb put in a lot of work with the Eagles. He put in a lot of pain with them boys. He was he went from losing, 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 losing to going to the Super Bowl and losing that. You know, they went to championship game after championship game. That got to be a painful feeling for you as a quarterback, the leader of your team, to take your team to the NFC championship game four years in a row and lose every year. Every year. Then you go to the Super Bowl and lose. You know, you had the best wide receiver in the NFL come to your team 
played with a bro- with a damn near broken leg, running up and down the field with a fucked up leg, put historic numbers up in a Super Bowl game, and y'all lost that. It was no way. The Eagles had the best team in the NFL that year. The bottom line is they lost. And these two dudes are still arguing. You know, Terrell Owens, like, yo, this ball was going to the club the night before. Like, what the fuck does that matter? What does, it's, how long ago was this? Are you just now saying this shit? You know what I'm saying? We didn't even hear about this shit back in the days when y'all was arguing. We hearing about it now. So it's like these two dudes, man, it's something, it's, something is not right there. Something definitely not right there in that circle. Something is not right. Um, we know in Philly, we know that McNabb had a had a um, reputation for um, for um, just not being not being hungry enough. I should say, we're gonna say that not being hungry enough, because McNabb was McNabb was a beast, but he wasn't a consistent beast like in those NFC East games. It was times where he was just getting slaughtered by the defense. So if you're going to critique the man, critique the man right. And you're going to shit on him, shit on him, in the, shit, on him in the, shit on him the right way. Don't clown him on some dumb shit like he was drinking. Like everybody, what football player don't drink? You know, them motherfuckers got to have a good time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think it was just pretty... Um, Immature by Terrell Owens It's also immature by McNabb For even bringing his name up You know Keep that man name out your mouth And move on That's it That's how we squash shit Don't even talk about that man Don't even bring his name up Terrell Owens shouldn't even be Shouldn't even matter to you right now We in 2020 dog And y'all still talking about each other About a football game That y'all both lost not one person lost that game. Both of y'all was on the same team. Y'all both lost. Understand that. It's a team effort. It's not just one man on the team. You know, you can't blame McNabb for losing that Super Bowl. You can't blame Terrell Owens for losing that because he had a real good game. You know what I'm saying? If anything, you got to fucking blame the coaches. Not the players, the players, the coaches are the ones that call the plays. You know, in certain in some cases, you got quarterbacks that call the plays, but I believe Andy Reid had the power to call all the plays in that game. He wasn't giving up his his playbook to McNabb. He he's very strategic. He calls those shots. But fuck that, man. NBA season is looking good. The Knicks looking all right. The Knicks looking all right. These guys are playing some good defense. They beat the Bucks. They beat the they beat the horns off the antlers off them motherfuckers the other night. You know what I mean? They just beat Cleveland today. I think they beat Cleveland. Cleveland Cavaliers. The Knicks are looking good. Um, I don't see any standout rookies. I'm looking at Lamelo Ball. Hopefully he he um picks it up. I would like to see Lamelo pick it up. Um. As the season progresses, I want to see some some big things out of Lamelo. Like, you know, he's a young star. I don't know if he's going to get Rookie of the Year. It's hard to tell who's going to get Rookie of the Year. 
you know, because these guys are like, really, these rookies are like, they're not your traditional rookies. They're a bunch of young gunners. Um, the only highlight of the season that I'm looking forward to is seeing if James Harden get traded. And if he get traded, where does he go? I was hoping James Harden will go will go to Brooklyn. But now that Spencer Dinwiddle's hurt, I'm I'm thinking maybe Brooklyn might really consider getting James Harden because Dinwiddle was hurt. Dinwiddle played a major part in their rotation. Cause they the Brooklyn Nets don't have a big two with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. The Brooklyn Nets actually have a big four. You know, with Levert, Stenwiddle, Irvin, and Durant. And then they got the young boys, the center. Um, they got they got some beasts. They got DeAndre Jordan. They got some monsters on that team. So if they were to get James Harden, it would add a little more cushion to them right now. But I don't think they're willing to give up all these draft picks. And James Harden is a veteran. He got too much years in. He has years in. So it's like if you get him, you want to win with him. You don't want to get him and just get him and trade away your whole team, give away all these draft picks. But this ball got over 10 years in the league. He's considered old. You know what I mean? He's considered old. And by the looks of it, his shape, you know what I'm saying? It's like he not. He, I don't know if he's taking care of his body the right way, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I really want to see him go to probably Brooklyn or Golden State. If the if the Golden State Warriors can pull it off, I would love to see James Harden in a Golden State Warriors uniform with Chef Curry. Chef Curry. Because they're going to be cooking. And then Clay come back next season, and then fucking um, Draymond come back. It's gonna be it's gonna be some shit going on in Golden State. You know what I mean? If they could pull a trade off, cause they got the they got the rook they got the young guys on the bench. They don't need but a nine man rotation with Harden on the ten. They don't need, they don't need, your Harden look crazy, man. Harden looking wild right now. Harden is looking like, everything is like, Harden look like a thumb. You know what I mean? His body is just like a thumb, dog. He don't look like he's, he don't have the muscles. I don't know what he's been thinking about, what he, what clubs he's been in, but his conditioning coach needs to take him, need to take a step back and they need to sit Harden down and just say, look, we got to refocus because it's the season now. Maybe it's because John Wall is over there and he just like, fuck it, I don't care. Y'all got a point guard. And you know, John Wall is a hard act to follow, dog. A healthy John Wall will play some good basketball for you. See, the thing about people, the thing about John Wall that we forget because he's been injured, we forget how good he is. And John Wall is a nice, John Wall is good. He can play. He can play basketball. He can, he can play basketball. The, see, what we, what we feel, what we don't understand is that the NBA is a game built around systems. John Wall never been in a, in a good system. 
he's never been in a system where he could be like, yes, I'm winning. Finally, I'm winning. Like Kimball Walker. You took Kimball Walker out of Charlotte. You put him in Boston. You changed the system. You, you changed the whole system because he wasn't winning in Charlotte. So you put Kimball Walker. He's hurting right now. But you put Kimball Walker in Boston with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and all these other guys. You're going to see Kimball Walker really play basketball. Because, see, Kimball Walker came up never playing on a bad team. You got to understand that these guys came up from high school to the collegiate level playing on good teams. When they in the NBA is when they start playing on bad teams. So now people start to look at them like, oh, they ain't shit. Nah, it's like, it's not, they not, they not bad players. They just on bad teams. They just got bad leadership. They don't have nobody to put the pieces together. See, when you in AAU, when you playing AAU basketball or when you playing college basketball, like the coach can recruit the best players in the world. And it ain't no motherfucking salary cap. It's all about scholarships and girls and wanting to go to the school. So I can recruit five best players. I can put a starting five together that'll fucking go crazy out here. And I ain't got to pay them shit. But when you get to the NBA, that's when the the, the building start, the structure starts to crumble. Now these dudes is playing for corporations and organizations that they don't really care. They just lining their pockets up. They just trying to grease their pockets and get more money to um to please them. They don't care about no ring. Most of these teams don't care about winning. They just care about getting the money. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got the Knicks. The Knicks, it was a once upon a time they cared about winning. Now, the owner or whoever this boy is, he doesn't really care. He don't value winning. He values money and filling the seats up. So you're starting to see a difference in the New York, New York basketball. It don't matter. Now, players don't even want to play for the Knicks. They like, nah, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I want to go over there. I don't think it's a good look. You know what I'm saying? So the Knicks is building through the draft now. And when they building through the draft, they drafting players that they they all look the same. They all built the same. Because they don't got nobody that care about winning. They not drafting to be the future of New York. They just drafting, just to draft. You know what I'm saying? You don't got no studs over there. You got you to gotta draft, you got to trade, you got to add on. It's like the Portland Trailblazers. They got Damian Lillard. He's the corner piece to that team. They drafted him. They knew what they wanted. Now when they drafted him, they build around him. That's a that's not a big market team. They don't really go to the they don't really get to the championship, but I'm telling you. I'm telling you. As long as Damian Lillard's in Portland, they're going to have a shot. They're going to have a strong chance. And not a lot of people going to want to go up against this boy. Not a lot of people going to want to play against him. Because he's dedicated and players want to play with him. 
It ain't even about the money in Portland. It's about winning. They trying to win. They trying to get busy. CJ McCullough. You know, Carmelo talking about, yo, listen, man, I I, I played here last year, and the, the chemistry was so good. I'm willing to do something I never did in my whole career. I'm willing to come off the bench. That's how, and Dame, big game Dame, like, yo, I ain't going to be bossing it up over here. I'm just going to fall back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to let Melo observe the situation that we got going on. And I'm going to see what he wants. Because, trust me, if Carmelo was to start acting crazy in Portland, they would have got rid of him. They would have said, nah, you don't fit this team. You don't, you don't fit the structure. But Melo seen what was going on. He said, yo, you know what? All right, these dudes is dedicated to winning. It's not like it's, it's different. So, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, these NBA players, it's just it, coming up. It's hard for them. It's hard for them because they used to winning. They used to winning. They've been winning their whole life as far as sports goes. As far as basketball goes, they've been winning from kids up until the NBA. That's when this shit started getting, like, difficult. You know what I mean? Because it's just like... That salary cap, that them contracts, it's all about a business now. You got these scouts, these agents involved. You know what I'm saying? So, so sports is crazy, man. Sports is a big is a business. It's just something else, man. It's something else, but you gotta love it. And I'm gonna tell y'all something right now. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. The only team that's going to win in the next two years is either Golden State, if they can get James Harden, will take away the spot from the Lakers. But the Lakers will win as long as LeBron is in that team and Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis ain't going nowhere for five years. He's locked in. The only thing that could stop him is an injury. Knock on wood. We don't, we don't want him to get hurt. But um, in the East Coast, there's no team built that can beat the Los Angeles Lakers. There's no team on the East Coast. You can say Miami. You can say whatever you want. I heard, I think I heard, I don't know who it was, one of these announcers, one of these um, commentators, I don't know if it was Skip Bayless, you know what I mean? I didn't physically hear him say it, but I read a headline. I don't know. I think it was Stephen A. Smith. I don't know who it was. It was one of them motherfuckers, man. They said that the Lakers aren't good as they were last year. I said, you might be right. But what makes them bad? You know what I'm saying? What makes them bad? You got the best player in the world on your team. You got Anthony Davis, the best big man in the game. There's nobody better than Anthony Davis at that point at that position. You could tell me, you could you could name all of them. And I'm gonna tell you why they not better than him. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you valid shit. I'm not going to say like like I'm a groupie or nothing like that. I'm going to tell you facts. Anthony Davis is the best big man in the NBA right now. 
He's versatile. He's strong. He can he can run up and down the court. He can play defense. He can shoot. He makes free throws. He can score. He can give you 30. He can give you 30 and 15 easy on a tired night. And I seen that motherfucker pull from the three-point line like he was Kobe Bryant and fade away. Ain't no big man fading away. Ain't no big man supposed to do this, do shit like that. Usually them guys just shoot straight up. They shoot straight up and they shot is flat. This boy got an arch on his shit. And he drops back and he fades away and he can spin on you from back there. He could turn around and do that shit, that Kobe shit. You see, that's what makes him special. See, he was he came up playing as a small ball. He came up playing he grew. He was like the type of player to be point guard. He grew into that that size. You know what I'm saying? His pops trained him to be like a, a shooting guard type baller. So he got this skill set that no other big man got. Giannis, Greek the Freak. Giannis, the only thing he does is run down a lane, dunk, and do crazy shit like that. The ball game is one-dimensional. He don't have a jump shot. He can't shoot free throws. He can rebound, yeah. He's supposed to be able to rebound. But he his game is so one-sided that a defense, a team defense can stop him. Because they never gonna play him one-on-one. They always gonna play team defense against a player like him. Because only thing he does, only thing he does is cherry pick and dunk. That's it. You put a big man down there, draw the foul. Offensive foul. We going the other way. You see it in the playoffs all the time. His last two playoff appearances, he choked. Why? Because they played team defense. Not one player guarding you. Team defense. You talk about guys like um, Djokovic um, from Denver. Anthony Davis bust his ass in the playoffs. The board didn't score over 25 points. He shut him down. You see, the Lakers had Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. So it's it's never it's never on some selfish it's never on so you always gonna have help when you got a star player on with the ball that can score. So you're gonna you never gonna have you never gonna have a one on one matchup. And if you do have a one on one matchup, it's gonna be in transition. You know what I'm saying? And when the guys is dribbling the ball down the court, they get them and they. Yo, throw me the ball. He in the paint. And that's when you get the one-on-ones. But even then, Djokovic couldn't even handle Anthony Davis in the paint. Anthony Davis, only thing he had to do was put his arms up, stretch on him, and this ball got scared. Couldn't even shoot. And this dude, we talking about a superstar right here. This dude is playing against superstars. Doing stuff like this. So, like I said, nobody on the East Coast is going to beat the Lakers within the next two years because they don't have the manpower. You ain't got nobody that's going to stop LeBron. You ain't got nobody that's going to stop um, Anthony Davis. Then they just signed the ball from the Clippers. You ain't got nobody that's going to stop him. 
I'm trying to tell you, son. I'm trying to tell you guys. When it come to the when it come to them when it come to this LeBron James kid, he gonna get what he want. He gonna get what he want. Haters gonna hate, but LeBron gonna get what he want. You know what he want? He want that hardware. He want the rings. He trying to prove people wrong. He's he's a man on a mission. He's a man on a mission. And I ain't you we never seen a player like LeBron James like with such focus. Like well, I say he's a man on a mission. Kobe wasn't on a mission like how LeBron is. Kobe Bryant was not was not on a mission. Now, I'm not saying LeBron better than Kobe. I'm saying Kobe was never on a mission. Like LeBron was or is. LeBron tapped in. He focused. Dudes could say whatever they want. This motherfucker could sit out three games and come back. Drop 30, sit out another game, come back, give out like 15 assists, grab out 18 rebounds. I'm talking 18 rebounds. This is a small forward here. LeBron James grabbed 18 boards. He could dish out 25. He could dish out 20 assists. I seen that. I seen that at that documentary with the young boy that he plays overseas and shit. But LeBron is one of those special players. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. You know, so shout out to the Lakers. I'm a Laker fan, but I I'm not speaking like I'm not speaking like like I'm trying to make people cross over and be Laker fans, you know what I'm saying? I like the Lakers. I love the Lakers. But I but I, what I'm saying is that teams better get it together. On the East Coast, I'm talking about. You know, I was watching something on the New York Knicks, and you know, I like the Knicks. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I like the Knicks from back in the days. You know what I mean? I'm like one of those Knicks fans. That, I'm not a Knicks fan. I'm like, I was the era. I was, I rooted for the Knicks when they played the Bulls and when they played the Miami Heat and when they played the Toronto Raptors. I'm talking about playoff Knicks. You know, playoff Knicks. When the Knicks was, when the Knicks was rumbling, when they had rivalries, that's when I really rooted for the Knicks. I wasn't never a fan. I just wanted to see them win a championship because I was from. I live in New York. So when the New York Knicks were balling, they were going crazy and outside. You know that was one of the best eras in basketball. You know what I mean? It's almost like, you know, it's it's like when you watch it now, you watch it on TV, right? Say you watching it on NBA TV. You watching an old Nick game. That shit damn near look like it's in black and white. That's how classic the shit is. The color is all sketchy. The uniforms look crazy. And you know, one of my favorite New York Knicks was Patrick Ewing. I'm a Patrick Ewing fan. I tell motherfuckers about Patrick Ewing and they be looking at me like, damn, dog. Fuck is that your brother or some shit? Yo, Pat. That's what I'm saying. Nick Nick New East Coast basketball 
was always a big man sport. It was always like, it was like a jungle. It was like a jungle in the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? You had Shaquille O'Neal. We talking about before he went to the Lakers. You had Shaquille O'Neal. You got your Alonzo Mourning. You got your Dikembe Mutombo when he came from Denver. You got Patrick Ewing. You got big men. You got even the white boys was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Bill Winnington from Chicago. He please served his purpose on the court. You know, you know when he was he was there for a reason. He wasn't like like how Patrick Ewing and them was. You know, but Patrick, you want to give you motherfucking a cool 30 and 30 and 20. Easy. You know, Patrick, you want to pull up. Patrick, you want to come up in the gym. Them motherfuckers were scared of Pat. You know, they were scared. Because this motherfucker would come in with that knee. And he'll, he'll wave them elbow. He'll come in with the knee and the elbow. And finger roll or dunk that shit. You know, that's the type of... See, when I look at guys like Joel Embiid, I'm like, I'm like, Joel Embiid need to be like Patrick Ewing. He has to be like Patrick Ewing. In order for Joel Embiid to be like... Joel Embiid is too soft for me. He's like one of them guys, he smile too much. He never like mad. In order for Joel Embiid to be up on these motherfuckers, he got to be angry. He got to be mad. He got to be vicious. He got to dunk. He got to elbow somebody in their mouth. He got to knock their teeth out. You know what I'm saying? He got to send a motherfucker home crying. One of the best shooting centers in the NBA. Patrick, you want to pull from the corner or he'll pull from above that motherfucking bubble right above that free throw line. Pat to hit that. You know that's going in. You know that's going in. Pat pull that. You know it's going in. That's money. Pat Pat pull that shit. He look at that bench and he shake his fucking head. You know, the Jamaican sensation. You tell me about some fucking Patrick Ewing, dog. Patrick Ewing had them. Patrick Ewing had the moves. You know, Patrick Ewing put New York City on his back. Patrick Ewing put New York City on his back. It ain't no other, it ain't no player. Let's, let's, let's be clear. And you te- correct me if I'm wrong. There's no other NBA player that had the pressure, that had more pressure than Patrick Ewing besides Carl Malone. Patrick Ewing had the pressure because the refs, I never stop saying this. I say this every podcast I talk about Patrick Ewing. It wasn't just the Knicks losing. It was the refs not giving them the calls that they deserved. Because these dudes fought hard. The Knicks was defense. You know what the fuck was going to happen. But the refs would not give them the calls. You know what I'm saying? Reggie Miller, when they played against the Miami, when they played against the Indiana Pacers, Reggie Miller, Reggie Miller wasn't, I mean, Reggie Miller wasn't, wasn't killing the Knicks. I mean, he pushed 
one of the players when he hit that shot. Refs didn't call that. They waved it off. You know, the refs didn't call that. They said, uh-uh. They let Reggie Miller hit that shot in New York City. He threw up that choke sign. And that shit kind of broke our hearts out there in New York. That shit kind of broke our hearts. You know, but like I said, the Knicks always had to battle versus the referees. When Vince Carter came to town, everybody know when Knicks and Vince Carter, they tried to make the Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks a rivalry. Just like they tried to make Orlando and New York a rivalry. When Shaquille O'Neal played for the, for the Orlando Magics, they tried to make, because it was Patrick Ewing and, and Shaquille O'Neal. And Patrick Ewing used to bust Shaq ass. Yeah, granted, Shaquille O'Neal would dunk a few times. But Patrick Ewing hit him with the hook up, right? Mm, mm, mm. He was just jabbing him. It wasn't nothing happening. It wasn't nothing happening. It wasn't nothing happening. They always try to make that rivalry. So when Toronto came to New York City, it was like they were trying to make that Vince Carter, Vinsanity shit come to New York City, the Mecca. The Mecca. They wanted him to come up in there and make history in the Garden. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know. I think they beat the Knicks. Well, I think the Knicks beat them. But they caught the Knicks at the tail end of their beastful career. Because, you know, the Knicks had a run. The Knicks had the East Coast and a chokehold. It was the Knicks and Bulls and the Pacers. And they was locking it down. And then came Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady and Del Curry. She was going at it. It was a time, it was a beautiful time in basketball. But my point is... We won't get back to that level unless these players stop, unless these players start, like, cherishing the moment and the rivalries like they should. Like, we have no more rivalries no more. We have no more, I don't like this team. You know what I'm saying? I remember, you know, you know, dudes used to come to New York with, with, with Chicago jerseys on and get them shits ripped off their back. And that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I was there. Niggas would come through with them Jordans. It wasn't even about the sneakers. It was about wearing that Mike jersey. Don't wear that shit in the park. You know what I'm saying? Don't wear that shit. Fucks you doing with that Mike jersey? Who the you think you nice? You know what I'm saying? You had to be a special motherfucker to wear a Jordan jersey in New York City Park. You couldn't just you just couldn't do it. It was all New York Knicks. Motherfuckers wore that Patrick Ewing jersey with pride. And them sneakers. We we got to get back to the essence of basketball. We got to get back to the rivalries. We got to make people, like, we got to make teams uncomfortable. Like, you know, um, I remember when we went to the back. I, let me tell you a quick story before I roll out because I got a couple minutes left. We went to a game, and um, it was the Boston Celtics versus 76ers. And um, motherfuckers was in there thick. 
Sixer fans telling you it's one of the most hostile environments. If you've never been to a Sixer game, a Philly game, you need to go to one when the city, when the world opened back up. So we up in there, and the Boston fans, this is when Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce was playing. We sitting in the back court side, right in front of Allen Iverson Mom. We yelling. We yelling and shit. And it's just like, it's just like that rivalry. Them fans, once you once they hear one person yell, it's like a ripple effect. The whole stadium start yelling. And that shit start getting scary. And then Boston fans start walking away. They start leaving. And then Paul Pierce just hit a three, try to bring them back. It's like they feed off that energy, that rivalry. That shit right there, that's that energy that the game is missing. You know what I mean? And I just remember, like, I just remember like, them saying, sc screaming defense. Allen Iverson got the ball. They screaming defense. I mean, they, they um, Paul Pierce got the ball. Allen Iverson's guarding Paul Pierce. And they screaming defense, defense. And Allen Iverson just, you know, and Paul Pierce hit kicking out to Antoine Walker. Walker hit the three. The crowd get quiet. Shit crazy. Cause the, 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 the rivalry games is something else. Boston and Philly is a good rivalry game. You got to fuck with it. You got to fuck with those games. And I'm like the ringleader of talking shit when it comes to basketball. I talk shit to every... I talk shit to the players. Fuck the fans. I'm on the court. You're going to hear my mouth. I'm talking hella shit. I'm talking mad shit. I want them motherfuckers to jump in the stands and fight. That's how motherfucking bad I be getting it. You ain't shit. Fuck you talking about. Meet me in the parking lot. I got a beer waiting for you. That type shit. We reckless. I miss basketball. Shout out to everybody that tuned into the podcast, man. Shout out to everybody that's tuning in, on the, that's listening in. We on all major platforms. Title is popping. Amazon is popping. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk my shit. But um, shout out to everybody that's out here tuning in. You know what I'm saying? Happy New Year's. I definitely... It won't be a traditional podcast tomorrow, but I'm definitely going to be on here. I'm going to get my bottle of 1942 tomorrow morning. Get some Hennessy. Get some um, some juice and shit. This shit not going to look like no drink champs, but I'm going to be outside. I'm going to be outside doing my shit. We're going to have some fun. 2020 is a wrap. We don't even want to remember 2020, but we have to. It's going to... It stuck with us. Um, moving on, y'all already know the vibes, man. Get that money, man. Don't let this pandemic stop your flow. Um, whatever you're doing, do it right. Do it at a high level, man. Started, I, you know what I mean? I started from the kitchen. I'm in the living room now, but you see what's going on right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I started from the kitchen. I came up. It's a little bit of levels. It's like a video game, man. It's like a video game. It's like Mario Brothers, man. Like, jump, catch the flag, and move through the castle on to the next. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do what we got to do. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. New Age Podcast, man. Y'all stay sucker free. Tomorrow, we popping some bottles, man. Midnight, we're going to make some noise, man. Y'all be safe, man. I'm out.